one of those principles is have a dream. And so whenever we, not, not only in the hiring process, but whenever we do a one-on-one -on -one or whenever we have an evaluation, we always ask that question of uh, what's your dream? And the reason why is because it's like, I don't want someone to necessarily be working for us for just the sake of working for us or working with us just because it's like, you know, like I don't necessarily need them to do the best job as a as a cook or the best job as a cashier. I want to help them be a better person so that they can reach their dream. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Harold Walters. He has a background in software engineering and businessing, uh, but now he's the CEO of the growing delicious brand Shoots based out of LA. Harold, thank you for joining us on Give and Ovation, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate you for having me. It's an honor. So first of all, talk to me a little bit about Shoots, the inspiration, uh, and and what what it is. Yeah, so the way Shoots came together was actually very, very, um, man, it's just been a blessing, honestly. Um, so the way it happened was it was childhood friends, uh, me and three of my other partners, uh, Nolan, Christian, and Mike. Um, two of us uh, were basically grew up since we were like seven years old. So my partner, Nolan, moved next door to me when I was a kid. Um, and then uh, his cousin, Christian, who's our other partner, um, lived about maybe 20 minutes away. And then it was crazy how it happened because like, as we were kids, like in middle school, Nolan's uh, parents moved him away about uh, like about 45 minutes away from where we were living. I think we were, which like, as a kid is old. like a separate planet. Yeah, exactly. Like we're like, I don't even know where you're at. So, yeah. and then like, just somehow it happened where my family moved me out about maybe 15 minutes away from where he lived like six months later. Oh, then, cool. Christian's family ended up moving about four months later. So we're like all now like 10 minutes away from each other again. <laughs> so like we all stayed connected um, and we never really thought we were ever going to do business together. Um, and then our other partner, Mike, we met playing basketball. So we'd always just be playing basketball. We, we, we met him maybe like 12 years ago. Um, and like I said, never thought about doing business together at all. And so the way it came together was, um, me and my partner, uh, Mike got connected because at the time I was heavy in uh, e-commerce. That was, that's my background. So, um, and he was just starting his first restaurant. So we started talking oh. and, uh, you know, just on business, had coffee together and whatnot. And like I said, I'm still never thinking like, I've never even worked in the restaurant industry. So I'm like, I don't even think this is something that's probably going to happen. Um, and then long story short, like basically, Christian and Nolan um, end up going to get a job to work with Mike as he's opening his restaurant. And about three months later, we just came together and uh, met at a bar, sat down and we're talking through like, um, hey, let's start this thing. Christian was uh, in culinary school. His culinary school project was actually uh, in a wine restaurant. Oh, so, no way. Yeah. So he already kind of had like an idea of what he wanted to do. 
Um, and then from there, it was like, you know, we all came together at this bar and we're just talking and we're coming up with ideas and trying to think of names and stuff like that. We come up with the name and, you know, about a week later, we end up signing a lease. <laughs> it's like, no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So like literally everything just like came together, like even the um, the so we're in a food hall, our first locations in a food hall. Um, and we the designer of it, who also was the broker that broke, uh, brokered all the leases uh, at the time, we didn't know it. We found out like around the time we were signing the lease that we actually knew her because we used to work out at her in her husband's gym like 10 years before we signed the lease. And so it was like just the way it all came together was it was crazy. So, yeah, from there, we know we opened up shoots in that one location. Uh, we signed the lease in March 2019. But because of delays during COVID and whatnot, we didn't actually end up opening until September of 2020. Um and Wait, there, but you signed March 19? March 2019. Yeah. So we signed the lease because the because we're in a food hall. It was currently being built still. So oh, the food hall got was it. still under development. They like just they didn't even break broken ground yet. Oh um, god. I was like, wow, that is a long lead time, year yeah, and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we had no idea what we were getting into. It was just like, you know, we signed it, like, all right, cool. And it was a super low investment because like it was a food hall. They covered most of the cost. Um, and then, yeah, we opened up and it's crazy. Like when we opened, you know, we're completely self-funded. We had literally no, um, when we opened, we had about, we were like a credit card that was like $13,000 and like the $13,000 balance was pretty much maxed out. And we had like just enough money to make like our first payroll period. No way. Yeah. Oh my like, gosh. From the moment the door was open. And been. had any four of you worked in restaurants before? Yeah. So my partner, Mike, uh, he worked in restaurants uh, pretty much all his life. His parents owned a restaurant. Um, and still own a restaurant. And then Christian went to culinary school and then also worked at like taps and a couple other like, uh, Panda express. Um, but mostly like as a cook and, and things like that. And then Nolan also, um, went to culinary school for a little bit, but didn't finish. And then he also worked at um, like a few different catering companies and whatnot. Got it. And yeah. so that's why they're like, all right, let's, let's put the guy in charge who hasn't worked in restaurants. Cause he's going to come at this from a different perspective. Right. <laughs> yeah. And at first, like the, the whole idea for even me and Mike was kind of like, you know, cause Mike had his own restaurant. And for me, it was like, my job was to come in kind of like on the marketing side of things. So like marketing and like, technology but to be completely honest it's like i had never marketed for a restaurant before so yeah. i'm like you know i don't even know what tools are available to me in order to do this <laughs> like i know how to run facebook ads things like that but it was just like i don't even know how to shoot food things like that so um but yeah it basically it didn't start out where it was like hey i'm in charge but like i definitely had the most business experience and so it ended up as it was, as it came time to like start really scaling this thing, um, yeah, like I, I became like essentially value valuable to it. So, what do you wish, looking back now, what do you wish you would have known when you first opened up? Mm, great question. Um, I wish I would have understood the importance of like putting the operation first. Um, I think it's like mm. easy to get into it and thinking like, you know. Like, I think branding is super important still too. like branding, you know, how the, how the concept's going to be received by people who your audience is and things like that. 
But I think like what we ended up doing was we built it was it was kind of like, well, what's going to look cool? And like, you know, like, for instance, we're in a 600 square foot spot, right? In the food hall. Um, and about 300 square foot of it is kitchen. So it's like the first section, the first half, like the front of the house, I get front of the house, if you want to even call it that. <laughs> it's like, we're like in we're doing like the renders with the architect and stuff. It's like, oh yeah, we're going to have like a little seating area right here for people to sit. And like, it's like, no one sits there. It's like in a food hall, there's plenty of seating elsewhere to eat. So looking back, it's like, as we started doing, cause we were doing massive volume. Like we couldn't even do third party delivery. We couldn't do online ordering any of that. So you were just, you were at capacity. We were at capacity, like, cause the line was just so crazy long. So I was like, I really wish that we would have built this kitchen probably twice the size so that we can just handle even more production. Interesting. Yeah. That, that's usually not what uh restaurateurs, uh, you know, are thinking right in the beginning, because normally it's the horror stories of like, oh man, like our kitchen's too big. We have too much equipment. It's like, <laughs> you know, we, we wanted to do all these different dishes and, you know, 30% of them are selling, you know, aren't selling on a weekly basis. And right. Yeah. So it sounds like you, you had quite the opposite problem of just too much throughput, which I think a lot of restaurateurs would dream about. <laughs> yeah, definitely too much throughput. And, you know, it was almost like, it wasn't like a nightmare for us, but it definitely like it was good. I'm glad that it happened the way it happened because if it didn't happen that way, like we, I, I've seen other restaurants struggle. We have another restaurant that's struggling as well. So it's like we understand what it's like to where you don't have the resources, and now you got to figure out how to like figure it all out. But for us, it was like, okay, how do we kind of dumb down things, if anything, for us to to now opt? We can start at the optimization process as, as opposed yep. to like the startup process. So totally love that. So what advice do you have? You know, there's a lot of conversation going on right now about employees. What conversation, what, what advice do you have to add to that conversation around employee hiring and retention? Ooh. Um, so one thing that we've really been uh, focusing on is, uh, so like one, so we have what's called a, we call them PPOB's principles. So these are like our customer values based or um, our culture um, cultural values. And so one of those principles is have a dream. And so whenever we, not, not only in the hiring process, but whenever we do a one-on-one or whenever we have an evaluation, we always ask that question of uh, what's your dream. And the reason why is because it's like, I don't want someone to necessarily be working for us for just the sake of working for us or working with us just because it's like, you know, like I don't necessarily need them to do the best job as a as a cook or the best job as a cashier. I want to help them be a better person so that they can reach their dream. And Love so that. like when you have that, like, you know, when they understand that no longer is it like when we're giving them feedback or giving them, you know, uh, critique, they're not taking it as like, oh, Harold just wants us, wants me to do it this way because he wants to reach his bottom line. It's like, no, like I'm trying to get you to do this because at the end of the day, I know you're not going to be here forever. So when you leave, I want it to be where you have all the, all the skills you're equipped with everything you need so that you can reach your goal moving forward. I love that. Have a goal, have a dream because at the end of the, I, I, we are, and this, I remind people this all the time is that you don't serve guests. You don't serve customers. You serve humans right. who happen to be, 
eating at your establishment or from your establishment, right? Absolutely. And and same thing with employees. Like you don't have employees, you have people. They're humans. And you know, I, I remember one time I saw at a fast food restaurant a sign saying, "Apply within, come here on your way to there." And look, this was in Mesquite, Nevada, right? Where it's like, wow. nobody wants to like live in Mesquite. Sorry for people who live in Mesquite. But, like <laughs> nobody wants to live in Mesquite. Um, but but I love that because they knew what they were and it was all around. Great. I, I don't want to um, come here, be better, get skills, move on. And, right. and some people either move on or move up. But a lot of these temporary positions are just that temporary. And right. some people can make a career out of it, but a lot of people don't. And I think that fit in the needs of your people is a, is awesome. I love that. Have a dream. Yeah, absolutely. Now going along with, with the employee experience is the guest experience. And so what, what do you feel like is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? Man, you know, like I've actually evolved in my thinking across this, um, you know, for a while it was, in my mind, it was all about the technology. It was all about the marketing. It was all about, you know, how do we like, you know, uh, keep people engaged and whatnot. Um, and I think the most important thing is, is matching what their expectations are. Um, boom, boom, mic drop. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when it comes to everything that we're doing from a marketing standpoint, from how our front of the house interacts with our guests, it's like, I always want there to be a consistency with what the customer is expecting with what we deliver. So even from like things like, you know, you know, as we're expanding, like a lot of the, the issues that we'll have is like, say, you know, we have three locations now. It's like if we're marketing and we're posting certain items and things like that. And then for one, for whatever reason, one of the stores, 86 is an item and we don't know that. And now this guest comes into the store and they're expecting to get this item that they saw. And it's like, oh, sorry, we don't have that right now. It's like, I want to be able to address like all of those issues immediately. It's like, yeah. hey, we're 86 and item. Let us know that needs to, that post either needs to be removed or we need to post an update, whatever it is. Like there just needs to be constant expectation matching with, um, you know, what the uh, guest actually gets delivered to them. I literally, so I just recorded a podcast with Avery's. Um, and one of the things that we were talking about after, after the podcast was loyalty mm -hmm. and how really I look at loyalty as two things. One is trust, which is you do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. And if you don't do it, you're going to make it right. And the other is convenience. And when you take that trust and that convenience, that's how you, you build true loyalty because yeah. if it's not convenient, man, it's really, really hard for me to get over there. The, the more friction it takes for me to, to order from you, for me to, to drive to your location, whatever the case may be, the less I'm going to do it. And, right. and as I look at your marketing, if your marketing and your operations aren't getting towards the same brand, you got a problem because right. the marketing may be great. The operations may be great, but if they're great in different ways, it creates a cognitive dissonance for the guest. Yes. And, and that creates a negative experience. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's almost, it's all psychology at the end of the day. It's like, what do I want to, what am I expecting? What do I get delivered to me? Does it match? Not okay. Totally. I mean, like think about it, Harold, if, if you came on this podcast today and I was wearing a mesh shirt and had my hair dyed pink with four nose piercings, you'd be like, wait a second. <laughs> like we've hung out. I know you, I've been working with you for, 
like, wait, what, what's going on? (laughs) You know, it's like, and and I think that that's what it's, it's so important. I, I love how you put that, the making sure that you're matching what people are seeing, what people are hearing and, and, uh, what they, what they want when they come in. And, and that makes a lot of sense. And obviously, you know, you've been with Ovation for a while now. One thing I'd love to get your public take on is like, how has Ovation helped you? Dude, Ovation has been awesome. So like, once again, going back to the, the guest experience and being able to, you know, make sure that you are matching that experience. So that's where, like, I feel like the best data that you can get is the data that your what your customer is actually feeling. Yeah. You know? And the cool thing I've noticed is that the people that usually actually engage with the, the surveys from Ovation are the people that actually care about us. Um, you know, like even when we get like the like the angry review, it's like it's an angry review from someone that's like, I've been here multiple times, you know. And so um uh, I think it's been amazing because it's allowed us to now see like where are we falling short in a way quicker time span and be able to actually make actionable decisions to address those issues. So, and another thing like guest relations and customer experience, it's like, we have to, we have to keep it like it's a relationship. That's what it's called. It's customer relationship. So um, being able to actually have those conversations directly with our guests it is huge and they feel it. Um, so yeah, ovation has been amazing. And I, I refer to you guys all the time and look forward to continue, continue rocking with you guys. Dude. Thanks man. You're a stud Harold. I appreciate that. Cause I think that when, when you look at that relationship, that's really at the heart of what we want to do is, is building a relationship and how do you build that relationship? How, and, and the first thing is you listen and you make it easy to listen you know, I hate it when, when people are like, you know, I, I'll order from a restaurant and on the receipt, it'll say your, your feedback is valuable to us. Please go to restaurantnamecares.com, type in this four digit store number, this 27 digit receipt number, answer these 55 questions to get a dollar off your next burger. And it's like, dude, like if you care so much, why are you making it so hard for me to right. give you feedback? Just make yeah. it easy. Let me tell you. And if you don't, I'll either won't come back or I'll tell my friends or I'll, you know, best case scenario, I'll leave you a negative review yeah. because at <laughs> least if I leave a negative review, you can hear it. Otherwise y- you just are blind. Right. Yeah. Not to mention it's at the bottom of the receipt. The cashier never talks about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So aside from using Ovation, any successful tactics that you've tried lately you want to share? Yeah. So um, specifically around like our Facebook marketing, um, you know, the biggest issue I see with like a lot of restaurants and um, even other restaurants that I know that have even done pretty well with their marketing is that um, the marketing is never like, it's either not trackable or it doesn't give you the ability to actually generate a real relationship with the customer. Mm. So um, like coming from like the e-commerce space and um, you know, there's a book by uh, Dan Kennedy called magnetic marketing. Um, and he talks about how um, you should never run any marketing that one you can't track. Um, and then also marketing that just doesn't give you the ability to generate data. And so uh, one thing that we do is whenever we run Facebook campaigns, uh, we always connect them to 
um, a messenger bot or another way to generate a lead. Um, and then we start having conversations with them. So um, those have been like our best campaigns. And the reason why, like, you know, I, the crazy thing about it is like when you run advertisements, like what I've noticed is that we always see some kind of success, like regardless, it's just like people find us, they know who we are. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, they may never follow us. They may never, we may never get their data. We may never have a chance to actually continue to communicate with them, which is fine too. Cause as long as our food's good, they're going to keep coming back. Um, but those campaigns have been like um, doing very well for us. So basically we run an ad, uh, what we do it typically is we um, we we have a social media team that basically run like creates content reels for us primarily. So we take all of those reels and then we just continue to run campaigns each month using those reels. Um, before we used to do a lot of images and things like that, which is what I see a lot. But just taking the reels is like you have like this this virality that happens, and then the organic traffic just continues to increase like crazy as well too. Yeah, um, from the people seeing it. So love that. And and if you have not seen, if you've not tried any reels, do it. Like do it on your personal account. Get used to it. Try it out. Uh, if you haven't done it for your restaurant, do it. Uh, if if you you know follow the reels that people are posting about your restaurant, and you know see if you could use those on your account. So I mean, there's lo- lots of ways you could jump in on it, but the reels are so powerful because you get a chance to actually see the texture and, and what it's like. And it, and it creates a, a much more craveable moment. Yeah. And it's like taking that benefit of like, you know, it's a new, obviously a new rollout, a new product from Instagram. And it's like, same with TikTok and just any other platform that comes out. Like my biggest suggestion for restaurants is like, you know, even if the content's not great, like you're going to benefit from the algorithm, just kind of like pushing you forward. So, yeah, totally. You know, it's like you can kind of learn as you go through it. So speaking of social media, who is someone that we should be following? Who deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry? I would definitely have to um, shout out my boy, Andy, Andy Wynn. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Andy. He's the one that started the, the NFT restaurant uh, board in Hungary out in L.A. Yep. Um, you know, I have a, I've had a pretty decent relationship with him. He's a really good guy. Um, he started a lot of cool concepts. Um, and I'd also like to just give a huge shout out to Dave's hot chicken as well. Um, oh, there we specifically go. Specifically Jim Biddick's because I really Jim. love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's like just in you know a couple conversations. I haven't known him that well, but just in a couple conversations with him. It's like he's really given me like this um very uh like good understanding and good foundational understanding of just how we can grow our business the right way. So dude, Jim's Jim's the man. I've known him for a long time. We've hung out a lot of trade shows. Um, really, really cool guy. Good time and super, super sharp. So uh, good, good call out there with Andy and Jim. Now, how do people find and follow you and shoots Harold? Yeah. Primarily uh, Instagram to follow me at Harold I Walters and then uh, shoots.official. That's S-H-O-O-T-Z dot official on Instagram. Awesome. Well, Harold, for bringing the perfect blend of Hawaiian chill and Cali heat, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us and giving ovation. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. 
you're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.